Welcome to the Awaken Sober Podcast, a podcast about life and recovery through Christ. For those of y'all that have been joining us all this time, welcome back. We're glad you're here. If you're new to the um, podcast, thanks for joining us. And that, so today we're going to bring some good, uh, we got a great show planned for you guys today. We're going to be talking about spiritual disciplines and how they relate to your recovery. Mm. Right? Yeah. It just sounds good. It just like rolls off the tongue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. So, as we get started here, James, how's your week been, man? My week has been pretty good, actually. Much better than the last couple. So, things are, are looking up. Good. Yeah. Shane, how is it with your soul this week? It's been pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Got to enjoy. As a matter of fact, I got to see Jeremy. Um, he's not with us today. So, Jeremy, we miss you. We miss you. Um, he's not dead. Right. As far as we know. Well, it depends if Amy has thrown them out of the car while they're moving. But, yeah, they're going to go enjoy some time together as a family. they vehicles. Did they? I believe so. (laughs) So, but, yeah, it's good with my soul. I got to to go to church last night, and then today I went by the church we've been attending on the weekends, and I sped out of there and went down to um, another church so that way we can be, so we could... uh, be in the celebration of Jeremy baptizing his daughter. Woohoo! The new yeah. definition of church hopping. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with going to three different churches for the weekend. Oh, well, that's yeah. not church hopping. He's just being churchy. You know, it's it's kind of fun. I didn't have to preach a message for two weeks in a row. Um, Be careful what you wish for. But it was weird not doing that. Mm-hmm. We talked about it uh, with the couple we went out with last night at the dinner table. You know, there's... There's that little missing piece, but hey, hmm. we'll, we'll fill that void somewhere, I'm sure. The Holy Spirit is nudge, nudge, nudging you. Yeah. Well, that happened a while back. I just ignored it and fought, kicking and screaming. And look what happened. How long? Oh, a couple of years. Okay. And I lost that battle, <laughs> as always. <laughs> right. I always That's lose. Right. God always you know, prevails. So. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm pretty excited about today. How are you though, Derek? Because you you did the introduction. You said James. How is how is it with your soul, brother? Yeah, you know, for the most part, man, I'm actually doing pretty good right now. Uh, Feeling my faith is being tested a lot, especially with the the individuals I've been speaking with throughout the week about you know at work. They've all said it like a certain age range. Everybody I've worked with this last week's been at a certain age range that's got me like, you know. I think it's, I'd say it's preparing me. Mm. So, yeah. Preparing you for? When the times come where I have to do that in my own house. Yeah. Gotcha. Ooh. Look at that. Yeah. Little preparation. Yeah. But H. not preparation H. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it, it no, had to be done. I am not but hurt over that situation. Okay. So, <laughs> this time. So today, we're going to be talking about spiritual disciplines, how we could use them in our recovery to grow closer to Christ and actually end up having what we all hope for is that life change happens through recovery, not just not using. So spiritual disciplines, what is a spiritual discipline? Derek? Spiritual discipline? One of my personal spiritual disciplines is taking my time out in my journaling and meditation in the morning. But what is the definition of a spiritual discipline? It's, ha- it's habits, practices, and experiences that build us a stronger, uh, better spirit. Hmm. So they're designed to develop, grow, and 
strengthen. Yeah. It's like it's, pump, it's pumping iron for your spirituality. Oh, there you go. I like look that. at look at him. It's pumping iron for your spiritual iron. growth. Uh, yeah, I lifted this morning, so I feel good today, guys. Yeah. So. Oh gosh. So <laughs> here. So yeah. But and you got to make sure you keep doing it too, just like pumping iron, because I took what a year off since the one gym closed. Yeah. And and yeah. we just rejoined a new gym, and I was doing half the weight that I was used to, and I still hurt through my chest. Just hurt. Oh. It, I almost cried. So we just times. need to go out there and squeeze them. Well, it doesn't hurt now. This was earlier in the week. That's because and of muscle memory, just right. like in our spiritual walk. Yeah. Well, that's what we're saying. Yeah. You, and I, at first I thought you were talking about you took a year off from Jesus, practicing spiritual disciplines. <laughs> no. But then you said the thing about gym and gym. <laughs> gym at gym. Gym at the gym. Gym goes to the gym, yeah. Yeah. Good. So how can we... What is the role of a spiritual discipline or how can we, how can spiritual disciplines be used in our recovery? That would really be the question. Well, there's, there's many, many different forms of, of spiritual discipline, right? But especially for recovery, we want to have acceptance. We want to have hope. Hope is, is a big one. We want to have faith. We want to have courage, honesty, patience, humility. Ooh. That's a big word. <laughs> That's why, yes. And along with humility, we need willingness, right? We need to be humble and we need to be willing. So that sounds like the <coughs> Excuse me. 12. You okay? Nope. Need a drink of water? I might. The, the 12 spiritual principles in recovery. Yeah. When yes. we start practicing those and we... Which and that's different. why we thought really spiritual disciplines and recovery, spiritual disciplines and recovery go so well together. Yeah. They just... They just mesh so well. but um, And they work if you work it. <laughs> we're going to go back to the sayings. <laughs> we don't even have Jeremy here. James, James is filling in for Jeremy today. He's got the double roll down there. That's why he's got two cameras today. Yep. That's right. Yeah. This goes to show how much we miss you, Jeremy. Yep. Wish you were here, bud. Mm. So how do you, how has spiritual disciplines helped your mental health side of recovery in your life so far? When I do practice my journaling and my devotional, my prayer time with God in the morning, my day, it does make, put my head in a better mind space when I go and conduct myself throughout the day. You know what I'm saying? It well, I know what you're saying, but how has it helped your mental health then? Well, because if I spend my time with God in the morning, I'm not depressed about where my life is at at the moment because it's a kind of bit of a reminder every morning that I spend with God mm -hmm. and him talking to me telling me, Hey, I got you. No matter what it is you're going through down there on earth and what people might want to say about it. I got your back. Yep. Just walk in faith, brother. And when I do that, that builds my strengthens my mental health to carry out my day to go and do what it is that I do for others. So for you, James, who spiritual disciplines mixed into your recovery, how has it really helped you and catapulted your recovery? Well, for the most part, I'm going to piggyback off of Derek because I've no piggyback. He, he don't I, mind. He don't I, mind carrying you, and we didn't go over the guidelines. So it's we, okay. Yeah, there's no guidelines this one. Yeah, no. I uh, journaling. Journaling has helped me a lot, and I never thought it would. And I never liked journaling. And I'm not a person who likes to journal, but I like having the tools to journal because that's kind of a maybe a little addiction side for me. I don't know. <laughs> 
I'm not uh, addicted addicted to a substance, but to a pen and paper. Right. You know, always looking for the next best thing, the new the new pens that are coming out. The, the I I bought myself a nice little notepad from uh, Target with moleskin on. You know, just good for you. Very nice. Yeah. So getting myself to use those is the hard part, right? But I found a couple months ago, I was just like, I got these tools. Let me just try to use them. And so I did. I used them. And I found that what it has done for me is if I don't do that now, I've gotten to the point where it negatively affects my day. Whereas if I can journal in the morning or even in the evening and get those negative thoughts on the paper and release them, then my day is just completely different than what it could be. How many years have you listened to people talk about journaling? 10. Before you finally picked it up. I like it, man. That was quick. 10. He's like 10. I already know. I'm just going to say it 10. Yeah. Because really, I mean, that's my recovery journey started, you know, like we talked about a couple episodes ago. I kind of backed into it anyways, but I've always heard that and I've always listened to it and I've just never done anything with that information until recently, really. That it, the day that you told me a, a month ago that you said that you started journaling. Yeah. Dude, it made my heart smile. <laughs> and I'm like, the things that we learn through journaling, mm-hmm. people are like, man, I, I w- there's nothing. I'm not going to get any. I don't even know how to journal. How did you begin? How did I begin? That's a great question. I did not. Well, okay. The truth is. There we go. I started by buying some pens. And I had some pens and I was comparing my pens and I'm like, let me just write about this. So I just started writing. Okay, this pen writes really nice. I really like the way ink flows and blah, blah, blah. Oh, this pen doesn't write so much because I have to really push down hard. You know, so I started, actually started that way. And then... I started reading a Devo and I started kind of journaling on the, my thoughts and stuff from that, from that daily devotional. Excellent. Yeah. People think I gotta, I don't know how to formulate into a journal, like take things from here to here oh, and sure. we'll tell them, I don't want to journal. I don't want to journal. Just start like that if you need to. Right. Or just Google journal prompts. Yes. Um, now that would have been a smart thing to do. But I don't do things the smart way, so I didn't do it that way. But the way you did it is such a beautiful, I I mean, to me, it's a beautiful thing because it it led into, oh, I could do this then. Mm -hmm. You have to be intentional if you're going to journal, but if you just went the way that you did, you seen a benefit and didn't realize you were seeing a benefit. Kind of, yeah. Well, when I saw the benefit was when I started journaling about the things that were bothering me. Yeah. Or the good things that happened during the day. You know, little things like that. That's when I really started to see the this benefit of what this could do for me. So, one of the things about journaling that I'm getting ready to creep up on. I've, it's been almost a year since I've been journaling, right? Now, when the day, time comes, I get to actually look where I was at a year ago, right? And where what has changed in my mm-hmm. life in just that year alone. And that's what I'm really looking forward to in my journaling. Oh yeah. Do you do that now, though, instead of waiting a year, a 30, a 60, a 90-day checkup? Have you been doing those? I have not. Honestly, I have not did that yet because I was going for the whole year thing myself. Hmm. 
so I mean, so big, you know, even oh. even a celebrate recovery will teach that um, in the daily inventory lesson is that periodic right. about every 90 days, get away and check your journal. Um, there's some really neat journals out there that actually every 30 days have you do a check in and it it has places in between the pages for you to write what you've seen in the last 30 days. Ooh. Most of them have been women's journals, so pretty flowers on the front, sure. but I really don't care what the front looks like. Right. You can I, burn that. Burn it? Yeah. I'll rock it. <laughs> <laughs> you should know me well enough. I don't care about that. But what are some other things that can help our, our mental health or help us in our recovery? I mean, we, we talk journaling, but mm -hmm. in, in this piece of it, outside of what most people would think is a recovery principle or even a spiritual practice or discipline. Well, so what we've been talking about the past few weeks, meditation and prayer. Okay. Meditation, prayer. Or, I'm thinking. Or maybe let's, let's order it, prayer and meditation. Prayer and meditation. I was thinking more activities even. Pickleball. Pickleball. I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. I got paddles, but. Across the street, you've got a brand new pickleball court. I know, but I haven't really had time because I went out a couple times this week and played disc golf. Oh, okay. Because, you know, that's what I, I mean, that's to me, that's, passion. that's a spiritual discipline all in itself. Right. Um, Cause you get to fellowship with people. You get to be in community with people. Mm. Um, God's creation. It's, it's so much fun being out there and just truly discipling people. So, mm -hmm. dude, speaking of, uh, not dude. pickleball, but dude. disc golf, dude. You know, disc golf. So little Everly came out and played the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. And she out threw you, didn't she? Yes. Yes, she did. Of course she, she did. <laughs> That's not hard to do. No. <laughs> as long as Derek has fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were all having fun, without a doubt, before we got rained on. But Yeah, because you guys were only out to like, what, 10 minutes? We you made, didn't even do the first six holes, did we, you? We made it through the first five. Yeah. They got rained out before six, because all of a sudden, JD came in. I'm like, dude, I thought you were playing disc golf today. It rained. And he's raining. And that was twice that it happened, and it quit like that. So go to Fort. Yeah, yeah, they okay. went to Fort. So at least you weren't too far from your car. Like going no. to New Melly, where you're a mile away from your car, and it starts to pour down rain on hole ten. Yeah, <laughs> James, the first week <laughs> down the hill, he went on hole ten. Oh, it wasn't even. Wasn't that? I, I think I feel like I just I lost my footing and just slid on my butt. Yeah, that might have been, but my imagination was, of you rolling. Right. Now, if I journal it, I'll get the real truth out of it. But <laughs> I like to write the story of watching you tumble head over heels in my mind. Um, so types of spiritual disciplines. Uh, there's many different types. There's mm -hmm. many different spiritual disciplines. So I'd, let's spend some time, go through what spiritual disciplines are and what different types there are. Right. So Richard Foster says there's the inward disciplines like meditation, prayer, fasting, and then the outward disciplines like simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. And corporate disciplines like confession, worship, guidance, and celebration. Yeah. <laughs> now the, the celebration's <laughs> always go. good. There you go. But what about it's funny look listening to the listen to you say the outward disciplines. Mm -hmm. All of them began with an S. Ooh. 
simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. What do you think that means? I don't know. Lots of S's. You stick a Superman symbol up there for each word because it's a super thing to do. Or you, or you get mad at the guy that put the S in lisp. <laughs> but, I mean, if you think about it, even going through that list there, simplicity, solitude, things that we need at the beginning of our, right. our recovery because our world is in such chaos. And so the simplicity, the solitude, submission, um, and being of service is the one thing that actually gets us out of our own way finally. But Right. Dallas so, Willard. That's what were you going to say? I was going to say, like, the service seems like to be one of the hardest things people get into in their spiritual practices, especially in recovery. Well, what have we talked about before? What's, what's the best way to get into service? Go make some coffee for the meeting. Yeah. Setting up chairs, tearing yeah. down chairs. Tables, whatever, yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're a lot of AA and NA meetings, when you're, you're going in and you're using a, a, a church's space a lot of times. Mm. So you have to go set up. I mean, you got to make the coffee. You got to set up chairs. You got to tear down chairs. So, what you bring out, you got to put away. And that's such an easy way to get into service immediately. And most people think, well, no, I don't want to do that. That's not what I want to do. I'm, I'm, how's that going to help my recovery? Right. That's where I you was don't, going. You at. don't hear that. No. No. So AA and NA, you don't really hear that a <laughs> Derek lot. Derek kind of disagrees with you there, sir. You you might hear that in CR. <laughs> But you don't hear that in AA and NA. What? Unless it's individuals that are only there to show face. Well, then that's we, their problem. And I catch a lot of that. It's, yeah. I just come to notice that yeah, they don't want to do no servitude. It's like, oh, I went to a meeting today. And, you know. Sure. Yeah, well. Sign my paper. I'm yeah, going to leave. Right. I'll, see yeah. you back. I'll see you back at work in a week, right? But, right. That's, <laughs> but that's not the majority of the people. The majority no, of the true. people, because AA, NA, and everybody... From the moment you walk in the doors, you hear service, 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 service. Sure. And well, because they know that that's one of the keys for them to be successfully sober and for their recovery. Yeah. And so they preach it so much that people actually do it. And they love doing it. As a matter of fact, it's like, all right, what else can I do? Right. You know, you didn't find a whole lot of people leaving really quick before they stacked all the chairs and, and hung them back up, all those folding chairs. Mm. You weren't ever looking for people to help you clean. They just did it. Because everyone knew that's what they needed to do. Yep. I think we need to build an acronym for service and do a sermon on it. An acrostic? That's what I meant to say, yeah. An acrostic. <laughs> oh, geez. For service? Oh, geez. You, you, work, you, we, I, I, you know what? We could probably come up with something, yeah. I think I have one, but. I bet you do. I think I already did one. You, okay. I bet you do. <laughs> I, got a, I got a lot of them because even whenever I taught one off, so I just, we always used an acrostic. Right. So the first time I well, didn't preach from an acrostic, that was weird. I bet. Or teach. I don't, How did you know what you were doing? It was awkward. It was definitely awkward. <laughs> What about Dallas? Uh, for anyone Willard? that doesn't really understand that celebrate recovery is huge, huge on acrostics, and that's that's how you get the message out, and it makes it a little easier to remember, and it gives you a focus for your teaching. Yeah, I mean it's it's an easy way to teach for the lesson. I mean yeah. denial. You know, at, at celebrate recovery, they just mm -hmm. started over this week at the one I've been going to, and you know, so you have denial, and they turned that into an acrostic disables feelings alienates us mm -hmm. so yeah you just go through yeah isolates us from god alienates us from relationships lengthens the pain 
How about that? Pain, yes. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying they're bad because they're no, a they, lot of them are very, very good. No, the, the acrostic gives you something to. It's an easy way to learn. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and it's an easy way to, to teach. Teaching. Do what? what? It's like a guideline to your teaching. Yeah. 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 That's what we're saying. Yeah. Well, you didn't say it. That's why I said it. Oh, okay. <laughs> It, it makes Im- it it makes it easy to teach and it makes it easy to learn. It was implied, oh. so you didn't you didn't catch on to that, but that's okay. Nope. So Dallas Willard, Dallas he, Willard, he likes to divide these disciplines into two classes. You got disciplines of abstinence, which celebrate recovery is about abstinence, no matter what some people think, and disciplines of engagement. I've I've heard that people to, who've only gone to NAAA or whatever they. The one person that I know of went to a Celebrate Recovery meeting and then came back with, you know, oh, no, they don't believe in abstinence. Why did you think that? Oh, because I talked with some of the leaders and that's how they were talking, blah, blah, blah. That's the Celebrate Recovery that closed a couple of years ago because all of their leaders were still using. Well, then, yeah, they, they don't believe in abstinence. Right, and that's, that's just one out of 35,000 worldwide. And, and here goes the thing. We know the goal is always abstinence. Right? Yeah. I mean, even so harm not reduction. California sober? Yeah. I mean, we always want to shoot for abstinence for everybody. But we'll take a win where we could get a win. If they're not using this opiate anymore, mm-hmm. the way that they were using it, and now they're doing something that's hopefully not going to kill them. Right. And, you know, they'll be able to stay alive at least we can celebrate some kind of a win, but abstinence is always the goal. Right. But whatever we, we need to do to get you there is always going to be setting those goals and doing different things. So abstinence is always the goal. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely. But so the disciplines of abstinence include solitude, silence, fasting, frugality. Love that word. Not doing it, but just the word. Chastity, secrecy, and sacrifice i was trying to say you know the best thing probably that we could do is sacrifice so you said a couple words though go ahead i was gonna say not sacrifice our life physically but our time and stuff like that well and and we don't want nobody thinking that sack we don't you start cutting up open individuals on a you know, oh no, no, not not a not a sacrifice well, to Baal or whoever. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, to me, when I think of sacrifice, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Uh, when I'm talking, thinking about sacrifice, my thinking is maybe I need to sacrifice my old group of friends for a new group of friends because the new group of friends may want to support me in my sobriety and my recovery, where my old friends they just want to go out and get wasted and do stupid stuff Ooh, and i really like that though because a spiritual discipline of sacrifice can be sacrificing my old way of living mm-hmm. how do i tie that to recovery sacrifice my old way of living you know i just I, I can't hang out with those people i can't drink i can't do that must die to myself mm-hmm. pick up my cross follow him daily that's right um so it's like when i uh in my testimony i talk about how after my, the divorce of my first marriage, I hung out with two crowds, a good crowd and a bad crowd. The good crowd were Christians, and we would do Christian things, you know, Christian things, whatever that might be. I Go to I'm church, sing let, kumbaya, 
right next or, podcast or just you know sit around somebody's house play board games or something something that's not involving drinking or Drugging. doing stupid stuff yeah did you speak christianese probably okay o- only when courtney was around see yeah he he looked all right definition what is christianese <laughs> you're just so no unwholesome talk some it's just another joke though oh, okay. like it's when you the, make up words for swear words and oh. yeah it's like you're, you're living a good life you're not hitting them over the head with the bible but we're we're speaking some christianese to you yeah okay. some people wouldn't understand it like i wouldn't understand chinese mandarin or Sichuan? no <laughs> that's, that's food <laughs> Wow, where'd we go? So, um, disciplines, how about disciplines of engagement? Study, worship, celebration, service, prayer, fellowship, which we can't do anything without, you know, confession, submission. Ooh, yeah, that yeah. big submission. Let's, let's not, let's not. Yeah. I mean, we have to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about yeah. submitting. So, and we'll, we'll get into them because it's funny how they all play into recovery and, and we can look at that inward, that outward, um, disciplines of abstinence. So we were just talking about submission. Um, mm-hmm. and then there's other writers out there though, that categorize other activities. So including journaling, which we've already talked about, yeah. you know, quite a bit. And we're, we'll probably always talk about journaling just because of how big, how much it helps us and how but, powerful it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Witnessing or witness to people, stewardship, um, which is a kind of a bigger church word. So maybe we'll break that one down here in just a little bit. How about listening? What? Yeah. Listening as a discipline as well. Um, I think that's that's one of those things that when we first get into recovery, we need to do a lot more of, a lot less of the. Less talking, more listening. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those disciplines. Because did, did we were we were doing our, our pre podcast talk through, and Derek, you were saying a bunch of people have been talking about. Well, I don't want to go to meetings because I I feel like I have to talk. Yes, that was, yes, that was shared with me, and then, and I was able to share with the individual about how they need to listen. You uh-huh. know, if you really you're going to go to a meeting, you don't want to say nothing, then shut up and listen. Yeah. Somebody's going to share something that's going to help you out. Right. And Nobody's going to force you to talk, right? Right. And yeah, if they, they do, then just don't go back to that, to that meeting. Find another meeting. Yeah, nobody's ever going to force you to talk. That's Even if you go around a circle, you can still pass. I, 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 I've heard of some people that try to force people to talk. And really? Yeah. yeah well, that's, mostly that's in Celebrate Recovery and, and then, you know. As a state rep, I would have a conversation with them afterwards, like, yeah, don't do that. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let people be. Right. Because we and, don't know where that other person is. No. In their recovery, in their walk, or anything. Right. If you kick them out of their comfort zone, they're not going to come back. Right. Or it's going to be traumatizing to them, and right. they're just going to go back and use again. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, because anytime we go around in a circle, Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this circle going, oh, great, man. When's it going to come to me? Now, I've been going long enough to celebrate recovery that even if we're going around in a circle, I'll just sit there. Like if I'm visiting somewhere else and that's what they do, I'll just sit there and act like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
Or just say, I, I pass? No, you think about it. When we were in that little bitty, what felt like a closet, when we're out there. <laughs> that's what I did. I just, I just sat there. I'm yes. Like, Shouldn't you just skip over me if I don't speak? I already did my introduction, so you should just skip over me. Yeah. That's why I like popcorn. And I know we're kind of getting off topic, but in that, in that silence, we need to be allowed to just be yeah. and listen. When I go to secular meetings, I still don't speak. Mm-hmm. I just rather go and listen. And to celebrate recovery, I'm almost like that guy. I almost feel like I have to speak. Mm. I don't know if you ever feel that way. I mean, when we walk in a room, people know who we are because we go and we help other churches set up celebrate recovery. So right. they're like, well, state reps here, they're going to speak. And they're going to say something really great. But what if I just what if I <laughs> just want to be? Right. And and that's the one thing that bothers me sometimes is I, I do. I feel that way that, that I I have to speak. That's why I love secular meetings. So but let's go through some um, Spiritual, spiritual dis- yes, okay. So spiritual practices, so spiritual disciplines. How do how do they help us in our our walk with Christ? But how do they help us in our recovery? And so well, solitude. Well, are these in any particular order, or because they all do seem to go together in one way or another? Yeah, and and I think as we go through, because I didn't when I put them down, I didn't really list them in any certain order, but some okay. of them kind of almost went in order. Yeah. You know, like solitude and silence and prayer. Those those three just kind of mesh together. Now, you said something at the beginning that you wanted to clarify when it comes to solitude. Right. Solitude is good for spiritual discipline, but isolation is not. And that's just something I know new in recovery. A lot of times we just want to be alone, but we end up mm. isolating ourselves and not being connected with individuals we need to be connected with as opposed to solitude. Sometimes we just do need that moment with God by ourselves. And, but that's the key. In isolation, we're not with anybody. Right. In solitude, it, it moves us away from the busyness, the chaos of life, and allows us just to be with God in that, that one-on-one moment. And that's what's so neat about solitude. And then I know we just spoke a little bit about silence. Um, Anybody have anything else about silence? And there's more to just not going to a meeting and speaking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm still trying to comprehend from a moment of my ordaining when the pastor tapped me right on my chest and talking about confidence, silence, that, you know, I have an issue not keeping my mouth shut or something that I'm working on. But he told me that I was to find confidence in my silence. I've never heard it put that way. Hey, that, you heard the man. You were right there next to me. He wasn't listening. Did I have my hearing aids in? <laughs> Probably not. Then I, I might he, not have heard it. He couldn't hear it. Where, where was this at? The ordaining. Oh, no. See, I couldn't hear. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so you heard the, you heard the confidence so he silence was part of it. In silence. But he was, yeah, he was. He brought up confidence and silence. Those are your... You no, know, Shane was in silence yeah. because he couldn't hear. But the gentleman yes. that said that to me, and he had said that I am to find confidence in my silence. I am definitely an individual who does not have a problem speaking his mind and sharing exactly how he feels. True story. That, that's yeah. what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. 
Very true. But yeah. He, there's some times that come that I just need to shut up. And have you found those times when you can I'm, shut up? That's the question. I, that I can't. That you no. That you can. I have actually, have and that's when I've been practicing mindfulness towards individuals in my office when I'm speaking with them. <laughs> okay. I've really learned to shut up and listen. And when I do that, I what I had to share at the end of what they finished sharing mm-hmm. really makes a better impact on them, and they've shared that with me. So. Because you've had a, enough time to really soak it all in. So you weren't listening to To, to react. You, you were was, listening, yeah. I was, yeah, I was listening to respond, and I've been practicing that in my silence. So I'm, that's where I'm finding my confidence in my silence. He was listening nice. to react. Yeah. yeah. Respond. No. Now you're listening oh, to now respond. Now I did, but there was a time, yeah, because yeah. you know, I knew everything. I was right. I, you know, I've had more clean time than you, buddy, so you, know, you need to listen to me. But no, Ooh. I was wrong. But you were wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> you were wrong. Wow. And, and that takes a lot to admit that you were wrong. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> now there he is patting himself on the back. I know, right? He's not humble at all. So <laughs> how can silence truly benefit our walk with Christ and benefit our recovery? Well, it's what we talked about two or three, four or five episodes ago. Boy, these episodes, they're just flying by. Right. Uh, when we talked about when you're listening for God. Mm. Does God come in, in the thunder? Does God he come in the storm, the volcano erupting? No, he comes in the whisper. Yes. The gentle whisper. Yeah. So unless we're silent and listening, we're never going to hear. And for those of you who are quietly listening to us right now, you want to go back four or five episodes to pick up where the whisper comes in. Yeah. That's the mental health one. I mean, we've talked about it a few times, but it's when Elijah went out on the mountain. We will talk about it many more times. Oh, yes, all the time. Um, Next, prayer. Prayer. Mm. So the discipline of prayer. And we need to make sure that we use prayer as an opportunity and a privilege rather than a burden or a duty. Duty. (laughs) He said duty. (laughs) Or a genie in a bottle. Uh, Yes. Oh, right. Thank you. The prayer is not going to magically fix things. Right. Now, it can give us strength to get through what we're going through, but it don't always mean it's going to change our circumstance because there's most likely something in that circumstance we need to learn. Right. And the, another thing we need to learn is when our prayers are answered, nine times out of ten, they're not going to be answered the way that we want them to be answered. So then sometimes we don't think they were actually answered. Right. Right. But they were. And they're not answered on our time. Yeah. Never. Right. <laughs> Always a never. Yeah. But um, I got nothing. <laughs> it's the truth, right? No, yeah. it is. That's all. That's all you have is the truth, right? And the truth shall set you free. So, as Christians, we're taught to pray then seek. Right? Mm-hmm. We start everything with prayer. Um, even before we open our Bible and read, we pray. God, show me what it is that I need to learn through this scripture today. God, give me, give me an open heart to receive whatever message you're going to give me. And, and so we pray before we open our Bible. How does prayer help me? Let's say for the non-believer yet. One, how do they pray? But can prayer help them in the recovery? 
So how someone prays is really up to that person, right? Okay. There's no wrong way to pray. Amen. And really, I think, I know in this room, we're praying like, hey, God, um, I got this problem, and I really want some help fixing it, and I'm going to give it to you, my problem. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I'm not going to think about it anymore. My problem is yours. Please take care of it. That's, you know, yes. and one example. And right. we would be more specific in our problem and stuff just to kind of get that all out. Yeah, and we give it to them, but we still have things to do in it. Sure. You know, yeah. um, but we're not going to let it hopefully stress us out. But if, if somebody don't believe, how do they incorporate prayer with the recovery? With an ounce of faith. Because, I mean, it's a spiritual program, so they, they need to have a higher power. Yeah. Whatever that may be, to me, that's who they would pray to. Mm -hmm. it, no matter who it is, what it is, if it's the group at the moment, that's your higher power, you can still find prayer. And, and one thing that I love about AA, NA, any of them, any of the secular meetings as well, is you still have prayers throughout. I mean, you're going to open with the serenity prayer. Yes, it's a short version, so it's not as good. But mm -hmm. let me tell you, that short version got me through the first year of my recovery. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Multiple times a day because it, it was easy. And it's not that it's not good. It's just good enough to a certain point. Yeah. Right? Because, well, I think it's excellent. Yeah. But I love the long version because yeah. then you really get into Cause the need of it. You know you're living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Right. Anyway, I'm going back to what he was saying, the, the one that we shared the serenity prayer in the AA meetings and that for the non-believer coming in, mm -hmm. that short prayer does help them out a lot more than going through the whole thing that we do in CR. Yeah. And stuff. So, yeah, definitely agree with that part. Yeah, and it, it gets them involved quick. Yeah. Right. Um. And a lot of times they'll close. With the Our Father. Yep. And that's a good thing about Bill W. and Dr. Bob, right? They knew that that God had to be involved. And we're going to get you involved even if you don't really want to be involved. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I think prayer for what? They said that to God? No, they said that to the people. <laughs> we're going to get you involved even though you don't want to be involved. But we knew we had to involve God. This is just how just what I had heard it as it came out as you said it. That's what I heard. So. What you just said was correct. What you just said was correct. What I heard? Yeah, that's what I heard. And I'm the one that needs hearing aids. What? Huh? Yeah. So journaling, any more that we really need to no, I think we beat that dead horse right there a couple times. Right. But that's it. not a bad thing. No, it's it's really not because it's, it's to me it's one of the easiest things to begin with. Journaling, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd have to say. And even you know, just beginning journaling could be just writing down your your thoughts of what happened to you that day. Not even sentences, just thoughts, anger, happy, whatever. Well, at the beginning, we're so full of emotions that we don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Write those emotions down. Yeah, whatever, right. whatever it needs to be, just write it. Mm -hmm. It don't have to be coherent. So, and it probably won't be. Right. I like this here where it says that journaling serves as another form of prayer, as we just sp spoke about prayer. Yeah. I didn't ever really thought of it like that, but yeah, yes, it does. 
right. study. But why? Because it enhances your personal reflection. Right. And it encourages us. Oh, this is really good. It encourages us to record perspectives we have received from Scripture or from another form of prayer. Well, and or maybe just our our life. What about our, what about the meeting I was just at? Yeah, right. I mean, I could actually put that down, and as soon as I put it down, it puts it in the memory better because mm-hmm. I just wrote it. Yep. And so, for the not, you know, for the for the people that don't believe yet, or even the people that do believe, if you're writing those things down, no matter what, you're going to learn. You're going to grow. Yeah. You're going to grow closer to whatever your higher power might be. You're going to clo- grow closer to Jesus. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the goal is to... And could we also say you're going to learn more about yourself? Oh, a heck of a lot more. Yeah. Probably things you're you didn't to... want to know, but you needed to know. So you're growing closer with yourself as well. And the journaling will get you prepared for... Meditation. The fourth step. <laughs> journaling will get you prepared for that four step oh, yeah and it's not hard it's not scary i promise you and isn't it kind of a prep for uh, step 10 as well so we're working through the steps daily yes. inventory that's mm. a lot of times in journaling that's what we're doing isn't mm-hmm. it our daily inventory right what happened today what we did today how we could have handled it differently you know and yep. journaling it out and if you need resources on how to journal james said it earlier google journal prompts but I actually keep a list of questions to ask yourself at the end of a day. And I, I guess you could ask yourself the next morning for the day before. I love getting that stuff out at night before I go to sleep because it helps me sleep better. So let's talk about meditation. Meditation. So it's a couple of ways to meditate. I mean, it's close to prayer, it's close to study. But it also depends on solitude and silence. So meditation kind of brings in a bunch of what we've already talked about. It does. I, I think one thing that I, I've, I like, and I think Pastor Mike said it a couple years ago. Um, Everybody needs a little Peter in them? No, not the Mike-isms. Um, but we'll, <laughs> well, like something real. Yeah. Because we, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about meditating on Scripture, and that's really what this is about. Yeah, and and I said it. I think last week or the week before as well. Um, this meditation is about putting something in our brain, mm-hmm. and then there's the meditation where we're getting everything out of our head. Okay, and I think both types of medica- meditation, medication, meditation, <laughs> is good for us, especially at the beginning, any time in our recovery. We do need to dump everything out and really sit there and just let things go. Yeah, but we also need to soak in God's word. Um, if they're not a believer yet, they could still soak in positive things. And that was part up there in the study, whether that's a devotional or just something in the AA big book or a positive reading, something to sit there and saying, okay, higher power, what do you want to show me? What is it I need to learn from this? Yeah. And so it's, it's our spiritual practice of meditating on scripture, taking something maybe big and breaking it down and, and saying, God, what do you want to show me? Mm. Whatever your higher power is sit there in that that positive stuff that you're reading and ask your higher power to show you what it is that you need to learn in that moment. Hmm. There you go. There you go. I would say I pretty much practice both styles of meditation just as you were sharing. When I first, before I start reading, I try to let everything go hmm. out of my head and then when I do my reading, my study, prayer time and all that, then I go through the meditation of 
bringing everything in. So yeah, they both work in your recovery. Nice. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Right. I was just going to give you trouble. <laughs> I, I got to say it. Don't you have a lot of empty space anyway? Oh. I do. I do. I, I couldn't hold it in. I. I <laughs> but the thing is, That's all the terrible. little things that I do have in there sometimes take up enough space that I need to clear them out before I bring anything else in. All the little things. Yeah, so let's move on to uh, the spiritual <laughs> discipline of fasting. Let's do that. Yeah. And, and there's plenty of ways to fast. Um, really, it's going to be about growing closer to your, once again, kind of emptying yourself out, making a sacrifice for whatever you call your higher power. Yeah. Um, different ways you could fast. You could have a complete fast where you, no food, no water for X amount of time, only water. Um, you could do a, a social media, I mean, anything to give sacrifice. Mm. Sacrifice to whatever you believe in that is helping you along on this journey. Right. And it's something to bring us closer, maybe to bring us clarity. To bring us clarity and to bring us closer to whatever our higher power is. Yeah. And it says, the, uh, and it's not to promote self-control or any means by that. It's by being able to humble yourself and give yourself to your higher power. Right. And it's not about losing weight. It's not no, about, it's no. not about losing weight. No. Intimate fasting is not... <laughs> In, in, what we're talking about here. Intimate fasting? Internet. Inter inter Internet intermittent. <laughs> Internet? <laughs> Internet fasting. Oh, we're, we're losing it here. That's not the fasting I was talking about, was oh, it? Oh, boy, are we losing it here. Well, All right. Let's keep moving on here. Let's talk about chastity. Yeah. Well, what is chastity? <laughs> can you define chastity for me? I don't know if me? I was a It was a belt they used to give the ladies back in the, like, uh, yeah. Middle they ages. had them for men too, though. There's a there's know. a Woody Allen movie, Midsummer Night Sex Comedy or something, where somebody had a chastity belt, and Woody Allen's like, "Gotta unlock the hatch to get to the." Hey, 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 yeah. hey! Can't, can't say that word. See, we 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 have this podcast marked <laughs> a certain way, so we right. always gotta. But That's, chastity, we we talked about it. Um, I don't know. I think our relationships when we first came to Jeremy's house when we talked how i mean two things that really ruin people's sobriety or recovery more than anything else is relationships and money money right right and the chastity goes along with that oh gosh yeah yeah right for the first year don't do anything abstinence right first five years stay away five, 10 years first five years 40 years. 30 years <laughs> i mean it, it's it's gonna be you get married people no. it, and that would yeah be the preference but we we know some people won't but really leave leave sex out of it um but leave relationships out of it unless you're already married yeah um, then i get it yeah um if you have a fiance i get it but don't go out looking for new relationships because you need to heal from things that have already happened to you right or even that you've caused that's right especially yeah. if you're in a recovery program at the moment <laughs> right or, or you're trying to be in a recovery program right because the one gentleman that i talked about and during that episode about he just he went from one to another to another it's like slow down buddy yeah he's he was in a step study and got to step three and then dropped out yeah and now he's nowhere to be found because i guess recovery wasn't for him and his life is perfect now 
even though it was unmanageable six months ago. He's got a cure card? He must have got a cure card. <sighs> How do I get mine? I don't know, man. The only cards that keep showing at my house are these AARP cards. Yeah, those bastards. <laughs> those keep showing up yes. along with that free trunk organizer. Yes, oh my god. That's gosh. the only now, thing that, that keeps thing showing up. that thing does kind of look dope. I know. I'm thinking or... about joining AARP just to get that trunk <laughs> organizer. I, that I promise you. But I like the way you put that relationship chastity. Yeah. Not, not just... The chastity of not having, you know, being physical, Intimate, but right. the whole chastity of relationships in general. Right. Yes, you, you, right. We need to put that on pause. Right, because we need to fix ourselves before we can be with somebody right. else. Because, again, here, let's just throw that out there. The, the best advice I think I've ever heard given uh, regarding that is you've got to be the person that you want to marry. And once you have gotten to that point, then you will find that person. Right. Yeah. I agree, and they have to realize they're not that person yet. Right, exactly. You've come a long way. Yes. I mean, 30 days, phenomenal. I mean, what a huge celebration. One day is phenomenal. Yeah. You know, just, just for today, right? But, but you're still one bad decision away from me. But 30 days, it. you barely know who you, you barely know your own name yet. Right. And so whenever I used to talk sobriety to people, I would always compare it to the gymnasium, old gymnasium, not what they are now. You know, when you walked into a gymnasium, you had uh, the, the row of lights. The stinky ones? No, the, the like 15 light switches on the wall when you walked in. Oh, gosh, Into yeah. a gymnasium. Yes. And so the first one, the only thing it did when you clicked <laughs> it, you'd, you'd hear a hum. And that's about it. You wouldn't see anything. Then you hit the second one, and you'd get a little bit of a flicker, and you might see the, the little coils start to oh, warm up. Oh, because of those old lights. Yes. Yeah. And then as you started flicking all these lights, then they finally... But there's this whole row, and, mm. and each of those is about a 30-day mark. So at the first 30 days, you get a hmm, and that's, yeah. all, that's all you get is that little buzz. and Or not a buzz, but the hum. You, you don't catch a buzz. You do not catch a buzz. But then 60 days, 90 days in, things start coming on, and then you know, you're, you're six months in where you think that you have just hit this the lotto and, and, and you have everything right. figured out, but you can't even take a meeting in, in the secular world. You can't speak at a meeting outside of a regular meeting. Like if you're taking a meeting into a treatment center, you can't even share at that meeting unless you have six months of sobriety. You can't take it in unless you have a year. Mm. And there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. You know, at six months, that cloud is for a couple of years, but for the six months, that cloud is still trying to lift out of you and that's that's why i said that's so many switches down by the time you even get a little bit of light to where you could see to walk through the gymnasium right and that's why i like to mm. to compare it to that mm -hmm. you want to cover this next one secrecy yeah no it's a secret it's a secret <clears throat> secret yeah no but you're only a secret <laughs> you're only as sick as your secret so how can secrecy help me in my walk with jesus or in in my walk in recovery well, okay, let's talk about that. Okay, just it just I it clicked. That's why I wanted to put it to you that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, so Jeremy talked about he had he was talking with someone, you know, okay, anybody that we talk to that we are trying to guide through this and they're like, "Oh, I I I've got to go tell my wife, my girlfriend all of this stuff." No, no, you don't. They are not, not ready yet. to hear it. Right. And you don't know when they're going to be ready to hear it. Why don't you work through the actual steps, one by one, step by step, to get to that point where you're ready to make amends? Because if you just jump into it, 
some things need to be kept secret. You said it last week. Yes. Some things you just can't take to that person at that time. And especially because you're only making it about you. You need to clear your yes. conscience. And right. this, this is not about you anymore. Right. When you not get to that you step, it, you know, the, the first, I mean, really, the first seven steps are pretty selfish mm-hmm. in a good selfish kind of way. They're, they're about making me a better person. It, and they need to be that way, right? Yeah. Because if you're not looking into yourself, if you're not doing any introspection, you're never going to grow. But until I work step six and seven, mm-hmm. until I, until God takes these character defects from me, I will never make it about the other person. It only becomes about clearing my conscience, making me feel better. Right. Well, screw you. Exactly. You already messed all this up. You had your chance. Now you just need to shut up and wait. Now yep. you need to be patient. Now you need to be silent. Now you need to hold on to that. What are you going to say, D? <laughs> I wasn't gonna say I wasn't gonna say anything actually. He was just making faces. I just like the secrecy part though. You know, like it talks about you know, pretty much goes back to one of the things that I mean I still have an issue with, but it's you don't have to go tell everybody you're a Christian, but don't let them be surprised when they find out. Mm. Exactly, that's a good way to put it. That's secrecy to me. That's a great way to put it. I mean, you know, for those of y'all just listening, that was a high five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He needed it, man. That's, that's one of the greatest things I've heard him say. That's probably the smartest thing he said all week. Maybe all year. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I pulled some crap out, out at work that was pretty powerful. <laughs> Only because. But we're not there. You shut up. <laughs> we're, yes. We, we, we're not there, so we can't attest to that. So uh, confession. <laughs> the opposite of secrecy, right? <laughs> but there's, way. there's a right time. So. Yes. How does it help me grow my recovery? When do I need to confess? And really... When you speak a, to your sponsor. When you speak to your sponsor. Yes. <laughs> That's confession. And when you speak to God. Today. Right. And you do need to confess it to God. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning, we're going to be confessing a lot to our sponsor. Yeah. Probably even confessing more in the room than what we need to at the beginning. Oh, sure. Because we're going to word bomb it. Yeah. <laughs> And which is a, a good place to do it every once in a while because some of us that have been around a while need to hear that pain so yeah. we don't ever forget it. Right. But confession, what does confession do for us that can help our recovery and help our walk with Jesus? Mm, that's a great, great, great question. I thought you were going to say something. Dude. I was thinking something, but I need to hear what you asked again. <laughs> How does confession help my relationship, my walk with Jesus? How does it grow me closer to Jesus? And how does confession help me in my recovery? Well, confession to Jesus and that you're starting to recognize your sins and your telltales of your addictions and stuff like that. So I think that's one thing you're able to start recognizing more and holding yourself more accountable Mm. when you're able to confess these to people. And you're confessing into others you're more or less to me, you're asking them to hold you accountable in certain situations in your recovery as well. Fifth step. Right there. Confess my thoughts to myself, to God, and to somebody I trust. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's funny we say confess to God. God already knows. But we still need to make that public and say, hey, God, you know that I know, and I know that you know. So now if I do it again, I'm just a dummy. Yeah, big, big dummy. dummy. <laughs> Lamont, you big dummy. 
So let's let's skip around a little bit here. Yeah, let's do it. Let's. But first, let's talk about one of the I think is one of the most important ones: fellowship. I was afraid yes. you were gonna when you said skip around. I'm like, that's wait, don't skip that. Thought, that right, that's <laughs> like the main one here. Well, well, why is fellowship important? How does fellowship help my walk with Jesus? How does fellowship okay. help my recovery? Because God designed us to be in community. Did he steal what you were gonna say? What I, I was so. gonna, no, he did not steal what I was gonna say because he wouldn't have been able to steal what I'm about to say. Ooh, <laughs> this better be good. It is good. Because I work at a recovery center. It's been brought up. You do? Yeah, it's been brought up in multiple um, podcasts. If you need to hear it again, go back and listen to some before. We're on YouTube and any other podcast display thing. You guys can check it out. We'd appreciate it. But anyway, everybody in there is talking about, oh, how it's easy to stay sober while we're in here because we're protected by all these people and we could speak to people and stuff. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there listening in silence hearing these people all sharing. And I got all the guys out there sharing this. I'm like, well, guys, you ever really kind of thought why we asked you to do 90 and 90 when you get out of here? 90 meetings in 90 days. Right, because you start meeting individuals that you can put in your accountability team that do the exact same thing everybody in here is doing for you, but you got to put forth the work and do it for yourself out there. That's where fellowship helps up. What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was the doorbell, so, so maybe somebody can be home and hear that. Yeah, somebody definitely need to hear that. It, it was it was a different ding than I thought it was. I was, <laughs> I was hoping more like ding 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 ding. You got it right. And that is, I mean, it's a great point. Why why is it easy there? I mean, because I got to do effort out here. Yeah. And there, everything's a controlled environment. But I was told if you want to be successful, when you leave treatment today, go straight to a meeting. Don't go home. Don't pass go. Mm. Don't get any food. Just go straight to a meeting. So as soon as I left, I drove to the meeting. They weren't ready, and they said, I'm, I, we don't even have service work for you to do yet, because I asked. They said, go grab your bite to eat and then come back, and I'll put you to work, and they did. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it was, I had to take the initiative, which is hard, but people look at that controlled environment and the community around them, but you could build that same one out here. Yes. Sure. We have it. Yeah, just, again, the guy who's not here said it last week or the week before, you know, the, I'm not going to do for them inside here. Or what did he say? He said, I'm not going to do for them what they're not going to do for themselves because if they're not going to do it in here, they're not going to do it out there. Yeah, there's no way possible. Yeah, right. We're not going to work their recovery for them. Right. And right. I can't work harder than you're going to work. Right, right. But exactly. if you're not doing the things while you're in treatment, you're definitely not doing them when you leave treatment. Right. That's what I, I mean, I, I taught a class last week and they're like, well, I have this three days a week. And I'm like, and this is three days a week. What are you doing the other four? And the whole thing is, is when I did my 90 and 90, when I got out, mm-hmm. I still went to an AA and NA meeting the day that I had IOP. So for those three days a week that I had IOP, I still went to a regular meeting. Right. The IOP didn't count. Church didn't count. None of those things counted. Yeah. I needed those to grow. But I also needed a community, and I needed to keep building my community bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep. So. So moving on, let's talk about guidance. Who's, guidance. Who, who's guiding us, and what are what's guiding? What's, what does that mean to you, Shane? So to me, when I hear guidance, I think of sponsorship. Ooh, sponsorship, yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't do the journey of recovery without a sponsor. Yeah. And then we have mentors on a on the Christian walk side. So 
we always have, and, and they're, they pretty much hold the same role. Okay. You know, um, guidance to me, discipleship. Yes. Who am I discipling? Who's discipling me? Mm-hmm. And so we need that guidance. We need wisdom. We need wisdom from people that have been on the journey longer than us, whether that's our walk with Jesus or our walk in recovery. Yeah, which goes back to fellowship, right? Like we, we need to It be goes to community, community, fellowship. It goes yeah. to it all. But to me, we got to have someone guiding us. Yeah. Like truly guiding us. This is also a corporate discipline of guidance is being around like-minded individuals. Walk with the wise, you become wise. That's yeah. what the Walk says. with fools and you will suffer harm. Yes. Right. So It's in the book of Proverbs, in case anybody didn't know. Yeah, the wisest man. And then we have... The wisest man who really wasn't the wisest man. He, he, he was very wise. He just didn't put it into practice. Well, you know what, what, is, what was one of his big downfalls? Yeah, women. <laughs> women. Woman. Chastity. Needed to practice. Yeah. So stewardship, um, giving time, giving money, but it's, it's being a good steward of whatever we have been given. Um, we've been given a second chance at life. We need to be a good steward of that. We need to work our recovery hard. We need to grow closer to, to Jesus or your higher power. So we need to be a good steward of that. We also need to be a good steward of our time and really serving people. So I, I like what the authors wrote here. In addition to the usual trilogy of time, talent, and treasure, which if you're in a church, you hear that a lot. A lot. Uh, they include stewardship of the truth we have received as well as the relationships with which we have been entrusted. Kind of goes with step 12, don't it? Yeah. Stewardship in step 12? Yeah, I mean, you can put stewardship in anything because we've been given a second chance in our families or 10th chance or whatever it may be. We need to be a good steward of that. We need to be a good steward of all of our relationships. I was just wondering what he was doing. That. And then... Worship? Oh, yeah. Now, I hear worship, though, and I'm, a, I'm not a believer. How does, how does worship help me in recovery? And then, of course, we'll go over to our walk with Jesus. But how is it going to help me in recovery? If I'm not a believer, how do I practice the spiritual discipline of worship but incorporate that into my... Believe the readings that you read, the just the, your different actions that you carry about yourself. You know, instead of picking up the Playboy porn or whatnot, you grab. Sorry, uh, that triggered anybody, but you pick up the big book and read the big book. Instead of listening to gangster rap, you put something more positive on to listen to in your music. And to me, that's a, a style of worship where the positivity in your life is more. Yeah. But does worship Good. go past music then? Yeah. Oh, worship is every aspect of our lives. So how do I worship if I'm not a believer? By conducting yourself in a more positive, outgoing you atmosphere. J- you know, you join the ethical society because to there me, you go. that's like that that's one. that's that's for people who don't believe, but it's still. I bet you, I we need to look into that because I bet you it follows the same kind of principles of Christianity, if you will. It does. But it just doesn't talk about God. Yeah. Or it talks about a higher power. I mean, think about it. The beauty of the world, um, mm. just the goodness, the um, the awe that we may be in yeah. of oh. God's creation, even though 
yes, we may not believe in God, but we know that something created this that's bigger than me. Right. No matter what your higher power is. And yeah. it's, it's really being thankful in all those things. Yep. Gratitude in all those things. Yep. Celebration? Always. Oh, yeah. Because what's the point if, if you're not celebrating? little cool in the game 1982 world series celebrate good times come on go st louis <laughs> oh geez that's what i love about celebrate recovery i mean it we like to celebrate our recovery we should be happy we got a lot of things to be grateful for and we we need to celebrate those but we can't toot our own horn toot toot right so i like this this is uh the authors wrote this about celebration. It is the discipline of choosing gratitude rather than grumbling and remembrance rather than indifference. I've always said, mm. and, and the pastor yesterday, if you listen to that message, um, she did a really good job talking about it that towards the end mm. about being grateful. How am I viewing this? And it's optimistic, pessimistic. It's Am I looking for all the good and everything bad, or am I looking for the bad and everything that is good mm. in front of me? Right. How am I going to view it? Am I going to be grateful for those things? Yeah. I exactly. love what they wrote. Yeah. That's good stuff there. Now, what's one of the top things? I mean, we nailed it earlier, too, though. It keeps us sober. Or Servitude. So service. Let's go serve with a smile. Yeah. Right heart, right motive, right? I'm not serving because I'm going to get something out of it. I'm serving because I'm led to serve. But service is the one thing. I mean, 20% of the people at a church do 80% of the work. Like Amen, ser that's serving. Right. <laughs> but it's almost like that everywhere. Yeah. And almost, yeah. And in, in almost anything you do. Except for any... some reason, recovery because we preach it so much about service work mm. that everybody wants to serve. Right. That's why your best servants at a church come from recovery programs. Yes. Agreed. We serve every week where without grumbling, the people on the weekends that are opening the doors that they want to close them on you sometimes only serve once a month. A lot of times. I think that's just you. Is it? Yeah. I you trip know, them as they walk they, by. Yeah. That's why they want to. And then I get to pick them up and say, Oh, did you hurt yourself? Give me a hug. You know, I like to hug people. Can I, pray, can I pray over you real quick? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yikes. And let's use uh, another one of those good church words, witness. Ooh, yeah. How can I witness to somebody? Can I get a witness? How do I witness to somebody <laughs> if I'm not a believer? And, you know, so how do I witness to somebody in recovery if I'm not a believer? And how does witnessing to somebody help my relationship with jesus whether you're a believer or not you can still show kindness having a spiritual awakening because of working these steps i carry out what i've learned in everything i do it's probably not word for word but yeah it definitely wasn't <laughs> but it's, it's we try to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all our affairs right, right? there it is there's a witness yeah. for you having had yeah. a spiritual experience or awakening experience as a result of these steps yeah yeah so I'm going to go out and I'm going to share what recovery has done for me, carry the message to the still suffering addict. But in the church world, we're going to go out and share the gospel. We're going to share what Jesus has done in our life. Sure that we've been forgiven that. because of the death and the resurrection right. of Jesus. And so either way, it's, it's great to look at true spiritual disciplines mm. and see how they line up just in everyday life, but especially in recovery. Yep. 
how, I mean, and you know this is exactly what Dr. Bob and Bill W. were doing back then. Mm-hmm. They were sitting down as they were going through Scripture and saying, hey, we got to make a God of your understanding so we could reach more people. Right. But we're going to throw all the spiritual disciplines all the way down. Without yeah. a doubt. Without a doubt. So anything, anybody got anything to wrap up? Because I know we've been going for a while, but this is a fun one. That's I a, like the spiritual disciplines. There's a lot to unpack. Yes. Yeah, without a doubt. A it. You don't have to go and unpack them all at once, guys. Right. If you're listening out there, you're new in recovery, and you want to learn about these spiritual disciplines, we gave you know we gave you a list of different ones we had shared. You don't have to try to make them all at once. Nope. We set goals in our recovery, but we set smart goals, right? Yeah. Goals that we can accomplish and we're going to handle, and we take one step at a time. One day at a time. One, one yes. moment at a time. Yeah, setting goals is important. Use your calendar on your phone. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> to, to spend, to practice these. So how do I put these in? And we did, we skipped over that earlier. So how do we put these in the practice in everyday life for us? What a great way to wrap up the episode, right? Yes. Yeah. So how do you put them into practice? You put them in your calendar. <laughs> yeah. So they show up. Schedule oh, that time for yourself. Right. Yes. Yeah, self-care. Yeah. Time with God or your creator, your higher power. In the business of our world, if we don't schedule it, it's not going to happen. Correct. And so. Do you have a schedule for your self-care and all that stuff? Yeah. Okay. I have a reminder every morning at like 6 a.m. to read my devotional and journal. Yeah. And then anytime that something pops up, I just put it in the calendar just to save. And a lot of times I'm like, what what was this? Because I didn't really put a lot of detail. But the more that I use that, the more that I get into the habit of doing that, then the easier it is, the easier it becomes, and it's just like second nature. So that way I'm not missing out on things that I, I want, that I don't want to miss out on. It has been so nice moving everything to one calendar between me and Christina, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Because I... The Apple didn't line up with the Outlook that didn't line up with Google. Mm-hmm. And now I only use the Google right. and I don't worry about the Apple because the Google and the Outlook now talk. Yeah. They started that, I don't know, not long ago, but I mean, when that happened, it made my life so much easier. Everything goes on that calendar. If it's not on the calendar, it probably is not getting done, but I live a lot with a lot less stress in my life Yep, because of that calendar. So my time with Jesus is marked. Your time with your higher power needs to be scheduled. Your time for journaling needs to be scheduled because if we don't schedule it, we're going to fill that time with something else. So block that time off on your calendar. Amen. Yes, that's right. (laughs) So, hey, we are happy that you joined us today. And if you stuck around to the end, thank you so much for doing it. Um, Let's bless somebody. Like, share, subscribe. We want to have extra people along on this journey. We want... We want everybody to be able to experience the same love, healing, and freedom we have found in Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. Hey, guys, have a great day. Thank you for joining. Or a great week. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy we're able to come and share with you guys. Have a blessed week. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep. Let us be awake and sober. That's it. <laughs>